energy. So this guy in the fantasy baseball chat is just ripping me. He's calling me names for how I handled my team. Buddy, you had 20 weeks for your own team to play better. Don't be mad at me. The passion. Matt Jones is fighting not just for his Patriots job, but he very well may be fighting for his NFL future. The opinions on all your favorite teams. For the Red Sox, it can't always be about next year. It can't always be about down the road. Where's the team that battles for now? This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEB AM, FM, and WDEBradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show back at it here on a Tuesday on WDEB AM and FM and WDEBradio.com. We're up until 7 o'clock today, a full show, all 90 minutes. We will talk with my old buddy, Arnie Spanier. That's right, a lot of you have asked, and you shall receive the old band getting back together. Well, not in full. No Rich Haskell on this one. But Arnie with us at about 6.15 today. Arnie and I did a show on a different station for, God, it's got to be, we did it for about three and a half years. And, uh, you know, then I came over here in 2020, and, and you know, the shows went their separate ways. But uh, the show was great then. Arnie and I have a lot of fun talking together, and a lot of you have always said, hey, Brady, we'd love to have you brought Arnie on. Or, oh, you guys should get back together again. Well, Arnie will come on at about 6.15. You can get in on the text line, 802-585-3026. And by the way, I mean, Arnie is just going to be merciless. Like, Arnie hates the Patriots and has rooted for their downfall in the entirety of the time that I've known him. So uh, we'll see what he has to say about Belichick and company. Danny is here as well. Danny, I'm not ready to do it yet, but in the 6 o'clock hour, I do have an issue with the Celtics, and I don't think you're going to agree with me. In fact, I think you're going to think I'm being quite lame, but I do have an issue with the Celtics, and I can't wait to tell you what it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm, I'm going to go with this first. What is wrong with you? Wrong with me? Yes. What is wrong with you? Many things, but where, where do we start? 802-585-3026. Is it true that last night you watched the entirety of Celtics preseason basketball over the Major League Baseball playoffs? Is it true that you watched every minute of a Celtics-Knicks preseason game, a matchup you will see for real like a 100 times this year in the season, in a game in which Jason Tatum did not play, Jalen Brown did not play, Chris Porzingis did not play, and Drew Holiday did not play? You watched every minute of Celtics preseason basketball without anybody of Real note playing for the Celtics. You watched every minute of that over playoff baseball last night. Is that true? All true. How is that possible? What is the matter with you? What kind of sickness is this? The Celtics game was a little backed up on DVR, so you had to kind of stick with it to catch up, and then by the time you catch up, uh, the baseball game's in the, you know, the seventh, eighth inning. But you, but you would rather watch preseason NBA action than watch baseball playoffs. Gotta see the bench guys. Gotta see what they're doing. This is this is absurd. I love baseball. Love baseball. I watched maybe eight innings of spring training baseball this year. Maybe eight innings of it. I watched the first three innings or so of Mariners Padres to see how the uh, pitch clock worked the first game of spring. I watched the Red Sox open up against Northeastern to see how Yoshida looked. And then I'd have it on in the studio if they were playing a day game. So I would kind of, kind of transiently be watching spring training baseball. I, I couldn't care less, especially about games in which real players are not playing. And you're telling me that you made appointment DVR viewing last night to watch Celtics preseason basketball over watching 
postseason baseball. Like when spring training baseball is on in February and you've got a regular season NBA game on, I'm going to choose the NBA game a hundred times out of a hundred over spring training baseball. And you're telling me you willingly chose this. I don't know what to tell you. My Yankees are out of the playoffs. Have been forever. So. So then you just watch the sport because it's the sport and it's interesting and it's the playoffs. I'll watch the league championship series. I'll watch the world series, but you know, ALDS, NLDS, it's it probably is interesting. I'm just checking out on it, I guess. 802-585-3026. Is something wrong with Danny's viewing habits? The only acceptable answer to this is yes, by the way. The only acceptable answer to this is yes. Do we have a lot of Dodger fans in the audience? I don't know. I don't, but it's not about what teams are playing. It's about knowing what's going on. One, for the show that you work on. Two, because. I always score check. It's postseason baseball. It means something. The postseason, if anything, means something. I mean, my goodness. If it was regular season Celtics basketball, maybe I'd give you that. If it was a Thursday night football game, I'd give you that. But this is preseason, and it's preseason when the stars aren't playing. We just, you had a game the day before. Who's playing tonight? I'll watch some. We've got Astros Twins right now, and then tonight we've got Orioles and Rangers. Okay, I'll watch the Orioles, actually. I I find that interesting. Team at the Uh, bottom of the division. Tex says, easy on your buddy who makes you look good. God, you're setting him up for your complaint about the Celtics. Uh, Pritchard, by the way, played well again last night. He did. He did. He had 21 and 29 minutes last night, and that's good. I'm glad to see that he could be the anchor of the second unit because they're going to need him to be a top eight rotation player this year. So I'm not saying that takeaways from the game are entirely valueless, but watching the game in its entirety over playoff baseball, I don't believe that. Uh, real question, why is Danny both a Yankees and a Celtics fan? Yes, Dr. Freud, why are you a Yankees and a Celtics fan? They don't usually jive together. That's actually a great question. So my dad grew up in Massachusetts. Um, his father was a big Red Sox fan, but his oldest brother was a Yankee fan because they were good at that time. So he became a Yankee fan, and um, he didn't really follow the NBA till the 80s with Larry Bird, and he became a Celtics fan, so that's how those two became mine. So you're telling me that your dad was a front runner back in the day? Yes. Because or his brother was. His oldest brother was. His brother was a front runner Absolutely. back in the day. And this is the way a lot of people are, right? Like, I have a lot of friends. I'm sorry, Uncle Miles. I, <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are Cowboys fans, who are Lakers fans, because those are the teams that were good when I was growing up, right? So, like, people of my age are Cowboys fans. No, those fans exist everywhere, but a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Lakers fans, just because of you know them being good. But yeah, so your uncle was a front runner, passed it on to your dad, and then it got passed on to you. Exactly. Do you ever feel weird having the New York ball? I always have to explain it, and then Patriots kind of came along later. My dad wasn't really an NFL fan growing up, so that just kind of came. That's also front running, right? Because they were good when I was a kid. Well, you're from the area, so you don't have to claim it as front running. True. I mean, so there's a lot of Giants fans around here, though. I have a bunch of friends that are Giants fans. So giant, the Giants used to have training camp at St. Michael's. I mean, we're talking like a long time ago, but there's clearly a generational thing where there's a lot of older Giants fans, especially in the Champlain Valley, who may have remembered that or certainly that have passed it on down the line. So there are a lot of Giants fans in the state of Vermont. Yes, there's proximity to New York. Yes, there is some history there, depending on what age you are. We talk about like Lawrence Taylor, et cetera. But 
Um, yeah, I think a majority of Giants fans in the state come from the fact that, that there was training camp at St. Michael's. So, uh, I, so I just can't believe you're watching preseason games over meaningful games. That's really what this comes down to. It's not even that you're insulting baseball, which you are, but it's that you're watching preseason games that are meaningless over, over actual games that mean something. Celtics lifer. Did you watch every minute of Patriots preseason games? No. No. Those okay, are so, long. So are the, the NBA. The, yeah, less the, long. The games take like three hours now. Not I when saw, you can fast forward to the commercials. I saw Bill Simmons tweet out yesterday that pitch clock postseason baseball was awesome and that the NBA needs to take a page from it. The NBA needs to find a way come playoff time. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Regular season two. They need to find a way to shrink. We talk about pace of play and all this. The NBA needs to shrink some of their stuff as well. Those games are taking way too long. I can't handle 19 timeouts being taken and 37 reviews being done in the last two minutes of games. I, I agree mean, with seriously. you there. The game itself. Halftime feels too long, too. The first 46 minutes of the game take like an hour and a half. The last two minutes of the game take like an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I, the NBA needs to take a page from baseball's uh, view as well. Expedited reviews, please. And well, It's going to get worse this year, though, because now if you win your challenge, you get one, another one back. Less reviews. Less reviews, not more, and less time uh, on those reviews and less timeouts. That is what I am for. So, all right, 802-585-3026. I got my issue with the Celtics. I'm going to talk to Danny about that at about 6 o'clock, or a little after 6 o'clock. I got Arnie Spander coming up at about 6.15. Danny, let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts of the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber, also Rouse's Point, New York. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. Danny, the question for the Patriots right now is not really about the present. We talked about that yesterday, right? The present it matters, but it doesn't matter that much. What matters for the Patriots now at 1-4 and four and largely done in this season, what matters is big-picture stuff. And I told you yesterday the questions are about to get very, very uncomfortable. What you do with Mac, what you do with Bill, how you reconcile this, how does Robert Kraft feel, this examination of the health of the organization as a whole is very, very uncomfortable. I am telling you what I think needs to happen today, and you can write this down, you can mark it down, Tuesday, October 10th, 5.40 p.m. This is what I think the Patriots needs to do moving forward. At the end of this season, I believe the New England Patriots need to try to trade Bill Belichick. I believe the New England Patriots need to try to trade Bill Belichick. It is not because I think that Bill Belichick can't coach. It's not because I believe that Bill Belichick doesn't connect with players. It's not believe, it's not because I believe that Bill Belichick is completely washed up. It is because I believe that is the best situation for all parties involved. What is the best situation for the Patriots with Bill Belichick is not very easy to do. So therefore, I'm not even going to attempt it. Let me outline what I'd want in a perfect world, why it's unattainable, and how I've ended up at this conclusion that at the end of the year, the Patriots need to trade Bill Belichick. I would love to have Bill Belichick in Foxborough next year as just my head coach. I would. I think Bill Belichick can still game plan. I think he can still go over film. I think he has still seen everything, and I think there's a ton of value in that. So I would love for Bill Belichick to be my team's head coach next season. However, I don't think that that dynamic is easily gotten in Foxborough. 
so I'm going to have to move on. I don't believe Bill Belichick should be the general manager of the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick should stop doing two jobs and focus on the one job that he really does well. I think he needs help, especially in offensive scouting. I think there needs to be a new set of eyes in how college players are evaluated. I think there needs to be a new way of doing things when it comes to player acquisition. I think there needs to be a new general manager in Foxborough. But I don't believe that that dynamic can be easily attained. One, with Bill Belichick, a guy who's had unilateral control of the organization for nearly 25 years, would he want to and willingly take that step back? I don't believe he would. I do believe he would do it with another organization, but I don't believe he'd do it here. I think Bill Belichick could go to a new organization where he's never had all the power and just be a football coach. I do not believe that he could take a reduced role and have his tail between his legs in New England where he's always had all the power and have a reduced role. I do not believe that would work. Also, I don't know how desirable that job would really be to the kind of hotshot executive that I would want or need in Foxborough to help turn this thing around. Because if Bill Belichick is here as the head coach, how appealing is that job really? Right? We talk about in Boston with the Red Sox, High and Bloom's gone, and I'm like, okay, well, who's going to get that job, and how much power do they really have, and does Alex Cora really call the shots, or do you call the shots, and what about inheriting the manager and all that? It's a weird dynamic. The same thing would, would happen in Foxborough, but it wouldn't be worse. If Bill Belichick, if Bill Belichick says, okay, fine, I'll step back from the GM role, but I'm still going to coach the team, well, now the new GM comes in, and he's still got to play nice with Bill. He may not want to. He's still got to inherit Bill. He may not want to. And he still may not have or think they have all of the power. And that's not a healthy dynamic. So in a perfect world, Bill Belichick willingly cedes control. Somebody else who's really qualified comes in and plays nice with him and allows Bill to do his job. Well, Bill allows the new guy to do his job, and the organization moves forward. I believe that is the best situation for the Patriots. It is not the easiest. It is not going to be likely to happen, and therefore, I'm not even going to attempt it. So as a result, I am looking to trade Bill Belichick. I do not want to fire Bill Belichick. I don't believe that Bill Belichick, the head coach, deserves to be fired. So I'm not firing him. I'm not going to embarrass him. I'm not going to do him wrong. If Bill Belichick, if I'm telling him, hey, Bill, all you can do for me is coach, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to go somewhere else where all you can do is coach, where it's not a demotion for, like, it's a demotion with the Patriots. With another team, it's another opportunity. And that's how I'm treating this. I think this is the best for everybody. The Patriots get a fresh start in scouting. The Patriots get a fresh voice in the locker room, which I don't believe is completely necessary but maybe is needed. Mac Jones gets a different set of eyes, someone who doesn't have preconceived notions about him, and going into his fourth year as an NFL quarterback, gets somebody else who is maybe better equipped to make a decision on him. So it's better for Mac. It's not embarrassing Bill. It's better for the organization. And, again, Bill doesn't get demoted as he would in Foxborough. He gets another opportunity somewhere else. And I believe there would be a lot of interest in Bill Belichick as just a head coach on the market 
next year. What is that for, what is that draft pick that you're talking about trading worth? I don't think it's a first round pick, not at this point. But is it a fourth round pick? Would another team that's looking to move on from their head coach give up a fourth round pick for Bill Belichick? Yeah, they probably would. As long as Bill is just the coach and is willing to do that. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, Danny was on the NBC Sports Boston Patriots pregame show on Sunday before the Patriots lost to the Saints. Breer talked about kind of Belichick's desirability other places and his potential role moving forward. Did Miami or Mike Holmgren did in Cleveland. I think both those opportunities would probably be out there for him. I just don't know that the whole thing would be out there for him. And he's done his things his way for a long, long time. You know, he's had final say on absolutely everything in the football operation here for 24 years. Would he be willing to do what Andy Reid did? Andy Reid, when he went from Philadelphia to Kansas City, took a little bit of a step back from personnel, gave more power to John Dorsey and eventually Brett Veach. Does Bill want to coach that badly if he were to be out of here where he would be willing to take on a different setup somewhere else? I almost think it would be easier for him to do that elsewhere than it would be to do it here. But That's exactly what I'm saying. I took part of my idea from that comment from Albert Breer. I heard him say it. It resonated with me. I think it is something Bill Belichick would do. I think he could just coach next year, right? I think he could just coach next year. I don't believe he could just coach with the Patriots. It would be an insult. It would be a downgrade. It would be an admission that he had lost a step on his fastball with somewhere else. It would be an embarrassing moment for him with another team, with another organization. They'd be trading for him. They would really want him. They would think that he could uplift the organization rather than was being someone who had held it back and needed to be pared down. This, to me, is the best situation for everybody. And I don't know who is out there that's going to fire their coach, right? I also heard Breer say that last year there weren't a lot of openings, so that leads us to believe that there's going to be more openings this year. And I don't know where those are, right? I look around the teams right now in the NFL, and again, it's too early in the season to know exactly who's going to want to fire their coach. But if you look around Right now as it stands, okay, the Jets might be in the market for a new coach. I don't think Bill would go there, so they would be out. The Chargers could fire their coach. Would Bill want to go work with Justin Herbert? I would, okay, I would. Denver's not firing their coach. Vegas isn't firing theirs. Um, the Browns? Kevin, could he go back to Cleveland? Kevin Stefanski, right? He's, he's multiple years in. He could be out. So if Kevin Stefanski's out, does Belichick want to go back at a full circle moment and another opportunity and try to do in Cleveland what he couldn't necessarily do the first time? It's possible, right? It's absolutely possible. Does he want to succeed his buddy Mike Vrabel in Tennessee who could get fired? I bet he wouldn't do that to a former player of his. I'm going to call them out, right? Does he want to go to Dallas and take over if Mike McCarthy gets fired? Maybe. Does he want to go to Washington and take over for Ron Rivera if he gets fired? Maybe. Does he want to go to, uh, eh, I don't think, maybe Chicago? Does he want to go to Chicago, one of the more storied franchises in NFL history? They could fire their coach. It's possible. Matt Everflus has been there now for two years. This will be the second year. Don't know that he makes it through. Hey, what about in, you know, I mean, Frank Reich, one year and done in, in Carolina? Maybe. And then there's always going to be one or two surprises that we weren't expecting. So there could be anywhere from five to seven to, to ten openings next year. Bill Belichick would have a chance to go to a couple of those. I believe he would be willing to just coach there. I just don't believe he'd be willing to just coach here, right? I, I think you could be just friends with a lot of women. 
I don't think you can be just friends with somebody you've been married to for 25 years. And that's what Bill Belichick has had in New England. He's had unilateral control. I don't think he'd be willing to give it up here. 802-585-3026. Glenn in Brookfield says, great comment. He needs to just coach and have help. I don't think he would go for it either. Maybe he could move into the front office and hire a coach that he likes. See, I would be very against that, actually. I would be very, very against that, Danny. And the reason why is because I think Bill Belichick's circle of trust is extremely small, right? It's extremely small. It's Parcells and Charlie Weiss. Eh, Not even that, but you just look at what Bill Belichick has done. He brings in a lot of retreads, retread coaches, retread former players, and guys that the Patriots have had before, right? Why why did we end up in a situation last year with, with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? Because they were Belichick guys. I don't believe he wanted to go outside the family. And why are they bringing back J.C. Jackson? Because he knows him. He doesn't want to go outside the family. Look at the Patriots coaching staff. It's Gerard Mayo, a former player. It's Troy Brown, a former player. His son. His son, right? Like, he doesn't want his multiple sons. Like, he doesn't want to go outside the family. And, well, there's a lot of people that do believe Gerard Mayo could and should be the next, the next head coach of the Patriots. I don't want to limit myself to just having to hire Gerard Mayo because that's who I think Bill Belichick would hire. Him or his son. And the Patriots, I think, need a variety of thought. I would be against Bill Belichick going to the front office here. If another team wanted to hire him in an advisory role or in a football operations role like Bill Parcells, like Mike Holmgren, as Breer said, I could see him doing that. But I don't want it here in Foxborough. I just think that that is... What the Patriots need is a new way of doing things, and I don't believe Bill Belichick in the front office would allow a new way of doing things or or would position it so that a new way of doing things could be done. And I'm not trying to bag on Bill Belichick here, right? I'm not. I don't want to embarrass the greatest coach of all time. I don't want to fire the greatest coach of all time. I think the best way to move the organization forward while also giving him an opportunity and also saving face for him is to trade him. And I think there would be teams – that would want him for a mid-round draft pick. Absolutely I do. I think there's plenty of teams that would want Bill Belichick the coach. I just don't want Bill Belichick the general manager. And I don't think that you can take that from him at this point and expect him to be happy for it. 802-585-3026. And I'll say this too. Whether or not you like Bill Belichick or dislike Bill Belichick, what we are seeing now is sad. I am somebody, Danny, who is a very big sports romantic. I like the fairy tale ending. I like the fairy tale script. I like when the guy gets the girl at the end of the movie. I like that stuff, right? I am a sap for that stuff. I'm for when Andy Murray has never won uh, you know, a British guy hasn't won Wimbledon in forever, and Andy Murray wins the gold medal on on center court at Wimbledon at the Olympics in 2012 or whatever. I am for when uh, John Elway wraps up his career with a Super Bowl ring. I'm for when Peyton Manning wraps up his career with a Super Bowl ring. I am for sports romanticism. I am for Derek Jeter getting a hit in his final at bat. I like that stuff. I don't like to see the legends go out looking like brittle and worn down versions of themselves. I watched my favorite player, Ken Griffey Jr., 
you know, not be able to hack it at the end and hitting the 100s. It was hard, right? Well, there's always the story about old time football players, Joe Namath going to the, to the Rams and Johnny Unitas going to wherever he went at the end of his career. And these guys not looking like themselves and Willie Mays not looking like Willie Mays. I don't like to see that stuff. And I don't like to see that for Bill Belichick either. The greatest coach of all time should not be getting beat 72 to three over the course of a two week span. And I'm not saying that it's completely over for Bill Belichick because again, I believe Bill Belichick, the coach can coach. Bill Belichick, the GM that has given Bill Belichick to coach this roster, is not doing a good enough job. But regardless, this is sad to watch. It's sad to watch because I am a Patriots fan, and I hate seeing the Patriots lose, and I hate seeing the Patriots embarrassed. But bigger picture, it's sad to see the greatest of all time relegated to looking like Matt Rule, which is where the Patriots have been at the last two weeks. And Mike Greenberg, Danny of ESPN Radio, said as much this morning. And we're watching the end. We're watching the tragic end of it. He's, he's 72 to three in back to back weeks. He doesn't have any answers. Like Bill has always been a person who had answers. When they asked him yesterday what he was going to do, he said, start over. And I asked Rex, what does that mean? And Rex said, when you start over, the first thing you do is ask yourself, what are we? Like, what is our goal? What is our mission? What is it we can accomplish? What can we do well? What are we, what's our identity? And the answer is they don't have one. They're not good at anything. Yeah, they're not good at anything right now. And it's not because Bill can't coach. It's because Bill doesn't have good enough players. And Bill has given Bill the coach this roster of not good players. Texter says, was Bill the greatest coach of all time or um... – <laughs> Hold on, I gotta tell you something in a second, Danny. But, uh, okay, back to the regular scheduled programming. Texter says, is he the greatest of all time, or did he just have great players? Well, he had great players, but he had great players that he helped bring in, right? Bill the GM back in the day wasn't off his game. Bill the GM now is. And that is the issue for him, and that is the issue for the Patriots. It is sad to see what the Patriots have become, and it is sad to see what Bill has, has created here. But I do believe Bill can coach. I do believe Bill could move on and be a coach somewhere else. 802-585-3026. Um, there's a lot of things I want to get to on the Patriots here. Uh, I just want to ask the question, how do you think Robert Kraft feels right now? Because if I am Robert Kraft right now, I am just wound in a ball of emotions. I, I, I think uh, if I am Robert Kraft, I am feeling a little bit of everything at this point. If I'm Kraft, I am furious that I've become an embarrassment. I am embarrassed that I've become an embarrassment. I am mad at myself for allowing Bill Belichick to have all this institutional control that has led to this. I am mad at myself for maybe holding on to the past too long and giving, you know, just trusting in Bill as long as I did. I am nervous because I don't know where my organization is headed. And for the first time in 25 years, I really don't have a clear idea of where my organization is headed. And also, I am disappointed that I let Tom Brady walk out the door and thought that Bill could do this on his own, and right now he can't. I mean, that's where we're at. It's disappointing. If I'm Robert Kraft, I absolutely am a, am a mixed wall of emotions right now. Right? I'm a mixed wall of emotions. I am angry. 
I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm upset at myself that I let it get to this point, that I made decisions that helped get it to this point, that I retained Bill in this role, that I didn't lay the hammer down earlier, that I didn't try to take something from him earlier, that I didn't, you know, that, that, that I didn't help stick up for Tom, whatever. But Robert Kraft, there's no way he can be happy right now. Robert Kraft has been in the penthouse of this league for a long time. And now his organization is in the outhouse. It's partially his doing by what he has allowed to happen under his watch. And I think Robert Kraft has to be reflective as well. I think Bill Belichick is the number one culprit for what's happened to the Patriots. But again, Robert Kraft has allowed it to happen because he's given Bill the power. And he's always let Bill have the power. And as a result of all that power, we've landed in this position. It's the Brady Farkas Show here at WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Arnie Spanier, my former cohort over at a different radio station, is going to be with us here in about 15 minutes. He's going to be with us at about 6.15. The Celtics played a preseason game last night. The Celtics lost to the New York Knicks. The loss doesn't bother me. The game was meaningless. The starters didn't play. So the loss doesn't bother me. What bothers me about the Celtics is what I saw the Celtics put out on social media recently. I don't think Danny's going to agree with me, but I bet some of you will agree with me about this point. The Celtics posted something that I am completely not for. I'll tell you what that is next on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Arnie Spanier going to stop by in about 10 minutes, my old colleague and cohort. Love talking with Arnie. It's been a little while, so he'll join us about 6.15. Danny, I am bothered by your Celtics. I am mildly less bothered than I was five minutes ago because I went and had to make an amendment to something. So I thought the Celtics put out this tweet that's bothering me. It was actually NBC Sports Boston that put it out. So the fact it didn't come from the team makes me a little less triggered by it. But overall, I still don't love it. NBC Sports Boston put out a two-minute video the other day of a bunch of Celtics players and head coach Joe Mazzulla talking about the team's newfound or recommitment to defense, right? Kristaps Porzingis is part of it. Derek White's part of it. Jalen Brown's part of it. Missoula's part of it. Everybody's a part of it, right? Everybody's telling us about how the Celtics are going to be so much more committed to defense. Everybody's telling us about how the Celtics are going to care about defense any, a little bit more this year than they did last year, right? Like, I got clips from all these people. Just play, play me the Derek White portion of it, Danny. Or let me play it. <laughs> Top to bottom, we all uh, realize that the defensive side is going to be where we got to hang our hat at. And obviously it starts with me and Drew on the ball, but um, I think everybody's bought into it. And it's going to be something that we're focused on the whole year. So White, Brown, Porzingis, Missoula, there's this video montage. Everybody talking about how the Celtics are committed to defense. Do you know why this bothers me, Danny? No, not at all. I am a show, not tell person. I don't want to hear how you're going to be committed to defense. I don't want to be over-told how you're going to be committed to defense. I want you to just come out and play defense. I want you to come out on opening night, and I want you to hold your opponent to 91 points. 
I want you to hold your opponent to 97 points. I want to see your opponent shoot 5 of 24 from 3, and I want to see you be in somebody's shorts all night long. And then you know what? I want to see you do it the next game. I don't need you to tell me how much this matters to you. I don't need you to tell me that this is something you're caring about in 2023-24 in a way that you didn't in 2002-23, okay? Just show me. I don't need you to tell me. It really, but Danny, have you ever heard this phrase before? This is a very true phrase, I think. When you're good at something, you'll tell everyone about it. When you're great at something, they'll tell you. That's how I try to be. When you're good at something, you will go and brag about it. You will go and vocalize it. You will go and bring it to everyone else's attention. You know what that is? Irritating. When you're great at something, other people will tell you. When you're humble, other people will talk for you about how great you are. When you are doing things that deserve recognition, you will get recognition. I don't like when you go out and self-promote this stuff. It really bothers me. I just, Jalen Brown saying, oh, we're all in this year on defense. And Derek White saying, yeah, we kind of lost our way last year, but we're all in this year on defense. I'm not about it. Okay, just be about it. Show me that you care. Again, limit someone to 6 of 27 from 3. Let somebody, you know, don't don't commit a bunch of fouls. Play solid defense, be in someone's shorts, be relentless, and do it all season long. That's the only proof that I need. I don't need your words. Words are empty. Words are hollow. And we're getting a lot of words right now. I believe the Celtics should be the favorite in the Eastern Conference to, to win the Eastern Conference. I believe they have the team fully capable of winning the NBA championship. I was texting a guy who's, who's an, insi- uh, an insider, this, uh, an NBA insider. I was texting him earlier today. I said the Celtics should be the favorite, and he goes, they're absolutely stacked, right? They're stacked. I believe they're really, really good. Show me that you're really, really good. Don't just tell me. Danny, defend your people here, because I'm sure you think I'm making too big a deal of this. I'm getting hyped now by all these the highlight video. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of talking in it too, but I like that they're establishing an identity, like before game one, right? Staff, you know, look, what did we hear from Mac Jones this off season, right? We heard what? We heard, I want to be a better leader. I want to be the leader that this team needs. We heard that in July, and then what do we get in August? We get Mac not talking to Zappy during preseason games. We get questions about that. We get Mac dirtily hitting Sauce Gardner. We get Mac somewhat, I don't know that Mac said this, but there's the alleged comment out there that Mac said that the chef can't make trash taste good when he's talking about his offense. Again, I don't know that Mac actually said that, but that is something that is out there, right? So at the, at the first signs of adversity, Mac kind of reverted back to who he was. You told me all offseason you want to be this guy and you show me that you're this guy. Okay. What, what are the Celtics going to do when on opening night the first team comes out and Scores 115. Are they no longer about defense? Are we going to hear more words about how they're committed? Just show me. Don't tell. This is, this is going to be one of my new phrases. Okay. This is going to be a, this is going to be one of my new phrases. It's show, not tell. Or it's a performance task, not a written test. That's what my high school coach used to say to me and it still rings true today. It's not a written test. It's a performance task. You could say everything you want. You could say the right thing always. You know what I want to see? I want to see you do the right thing. I want to see you execute on the right thing. That's what I want to see. I want to see you take it to somebody. You want to be about defense? You want to show me you're about defense? 
allow less than 106 points a game. Right? Allow 104. Allow 102. It's easy to score in the NBA these days. I get it. The players are too good offensively. You're not going to hold teams to 79 points. But can you hold teams to 102? Could the Celtics be winning games 120 to 102? If you're about defense, maybe you can. Just show me. October 25th, when the season starts, show me. 802-585-3026. Texter says, Celtics have always beat that drum. Sometimes they buy in. Sometimes they don't. Some old school habits against, uh, or saw some old habits against Philly with Brown and Tatum, uh, did like Tatum's aggressiveness down low though. Okay. I mean, right? Like I say a lot of, like I've said a lot of things in my life, right? And I've been motivated to do things a lot of times in my life. And then eventually over time, those things whittle away, right? Like there was the summer I was going to get jacked and I was going to lift every day and I did it every day for a week. And then after that, it was, it was three times a week, and then it was twice a week, and then it was once a week, and then it was, I'm too busy, right? Like, you know, people always say they're going to do things, and then it eventually whittles away. I want the Celtics to just do it. Don't tell me you're going to do it. Just do it. 802-585-3026. Um, that doesn't annoy you at all, Danny? Not really. No, they, they can't show you yet because they haven't played yet, so. I don't need it broadcasted. Okay. I mean, just go out and do it. Right, like I think they showed you a little bit in their offseason moves, though. Right, they brought in Brissett. He's a good defender on uh, the Pacers last year. Bring in Lamar Stevens, good defender, because um, Donovan Mitchell doesn't play any defense. You know, I want them to look. They can tell me at the press conference and say we're making a commitment to defense. We're bringing in guys we think fit that narrative. We're working on it. We're scheming it. We're we're treating it differently than we did a year ago. That's great. What I don't need is a little hype video about it. And again. Maybe it wasn't the Celtics themselves. It was NBC Sports Boston who wanted to do it. I would have said no if I were the Celtics. No, I don't want to do that, right? I don't want to do a little a little two-minute montage or a five-minute montage on how much defense matters to us. I just want to go out and let our play speak for itself. That's what I would have said. That's what I would have wanted them to say. When you go no. to a game, do you want the hype video before the game starts, or do you just want the tip the ball, let's go? No, I like the hype video. There you go. I definitely like the hype video. But I don't need a hype video of you telling me, about your defensive, uh, how much you care. Because last year you showed me that you didn't care. Tell me that you care, you know, through your moves. Tell me at the opening press conference and media day, hey, we're making a commitment to this. And then tell me, but we'll have to prove it, right? This is what we're preaching. We're going to have to go out and execute it now. I need a show, not a tell. You want to hear something else? And I may I may bring this up to Arnie, too. You want to hear something else that's bothering me these days, Danny? This This one, even I admit, is petty. But you know what's bothering me? Go for it. The other day... UVM men's hockey had their first exhibition game of the year, right? Saturday night they played McGill's college out of uh, Montreal or something. And UVM won it for nothing. And I'm glad they won, and I'm glad guys scored, and I'm glad Steven Wheedler started off with a victory. And as much as Todd Woodcroft was good to us, and we don't know exactly what happened there, but Todd Woodcroft's not there, I'm happy Steven Wheedler started off his tenure good, and I want to see the program have a great year. I saw the UVM social media account refer to it as the season opener. I saw the social media account refer to it as our, our, our opener at the gut. It's not the opener. It's an exhibition game. Okay. Don't tell me that the op- that, the, that the exhibition opener is the season opener at the gut or, or a great way to start the year at the gut. I don't need to hear it. That's not true. Okay. The game doesn't matter. You won for nothing in a glorified scrimmage, right? That's a glorified scrimmage. Don't tell me that it's the season opening victory. Just like don't tell me that UVM in basketball has a season opener against St. Mike's. They have an exhibition 
season opener, right? They have an exhibition opener. They have a first time on the floor. That's awesome. I'm glad that they play exhibition games. I'm glad fans can go to them. I'm glad that there's another opportunity to watch the Catamounts play at the gutter at Patrick. Don't tell me it's a season opener. That's just your way of covering for the fact that in hockey's situ- uh, scenario, they don't play a home game until November 3rd. And in basketball situation, it's their way of telling us, oh, we got two extra home games this year. No, you didn't. You got two exhibition games. Okay, they mean nothing. Right? They mean absolutely nothing. So is, do you agree with me on this one, Danny, or am I again making a mountain out yeah, of the Yeah, that, that one's fair. I mean, it's not a season opener. It's the first time on the court, first time on the ice, and I appreciate that. But don't sell it to me as Catamounts win their season opener at home. No, they didn't. That comes November 3rd when they play UConn, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Danny, you've got a fan, Glenn in Brookfield. You've got a fan. I have a fan? You've got a fan on the text wow. line. 802-585-3026. You want to do the honor? You want to read uh, this one? Danny is getting so much better. Way to give him a chance, Brady. Well, Danny's always been good. He's just getting more comfortable on the air, you're, you're, you do sound more comfortable. I give you that. You were always good. I always knew you were good. It's why I wanted you to talk on this show more often. Do you feel more comfortable? Yes, but it was always hard to find spots to interject because, you know, Brady's a nonstop kind of talker. So That's true. All you have to do is put your hand up, though. I'll see you. That's I, true. You know, uh, That's true. And Danny is obviously, Danny's really good on the Celtics. It's not that Danny's not good on other things. He is, but he's really good on the Celtics. And You have to watch preseason games to get good at it. Well, I don't know that you have to watch. The nine-minute highlights on YouTube will do will suffice just fine for preseason games, right? Like if you go to YouTube, they put out like nine-minute and thirty-second highlights, ten-minute highlights on every NBA game. It's actually quite amazing. I, I glean what I need to know from preseason basketball through those highlights. I'm gonna start calling you Box Score Brady. It's not Box Score Brady. It's YouTube Highlight Brady just for the preseason. Okay, not for the regular season. But you watch the Celtics differently than I watch. So we will lean on you during, uh, during basketball season. Speaking of winter sports, by the way, and speaking of hockey, as I complain about the UVM thing, can you believe the NHL starts tonight? Did you realize the NHL started tonight, Danny? I know they start earlier than the NBA, but that's still shocking to me. NHL action starts tonight. The Bruins opener is tomorrow. Like, we're going to have TC tomorrow. And we're going to have to ask him a lot of Bruins questions. I want to ask him a lot more Red Sox questions. I'm going to have to ask him Bruins questions. The Bruins open their season tomorrow. This is a, a team in transition, right? I don't think it's a Bruins team that's going to be bad, right? You're not going to go from record-setting in the NBA or record-setting NHL point totals to just being bad. I don't believe that. But you talk about not having Bergeron. You talk about not having Krejci. You bring back Milan Lucic. You got... You know, a different captain in Marshawn. Still got the two goalies. Like, there's a, there's a different dynamic to this Bruins team. We got Pasternak locked up on the long-term deal. So, again, you're not going to be bad, but it's certainly different. And I don't think you're going to be as good as last year because last year you were historically good. But I am not ready for hockey season yet. I feel like hockey just ended. Hockey and basketball, the seasons feel like they go on forever. And I'm not knocking them, right? Like, a lot of people think baseball goes on forever. And baseball transcends three seasons as well, right? Like it starts in winter with spring training. Our first games are played barely in spring. Then it goes all spring. Then it goes all summer. And then we're, it starts in fall again, right? Like it's almost four seasons long. So baseball is a long season. But hockey, I mean, my goodness, October 10th, we're going to start. The thing's not going to be over until June 15th. I feel like it just ended. And, uh, well, here we are. Back. I am excited. I am going to watch a little bit tonight. 
I don't know if you could break away from preseason basketball, Danny, tonight. But uh, well, Celtics have the day off. So Celtics have the day off, but I don't know. There might be a uh, Nuggets Timberwolves game for you to watch. Oh, I've got to check that one out. So, <laughs> those are your world champion Denver Nuggets, by the way. Can they repeat in 2023-2024? It all starts tonight. Um, Connor Bedard, number one pick in the NHL draft, plays for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He's going to be playing tonight. I might check a few minutes of him out. He's supposed to be the next Sidney Crosby, right? Like, he's supposed to be that guy. I think they're playing Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So uh, that's enough hockey, though, for one day. And the reason being is because i got to go out to the phone line. i got to bring on my guy. Some of you have asked repeatedly when we're going to get Arnie Spanier back on the show. Some of you have asked repeatedly when is Arnie going to co-host the show with me. Well, that's not going to happen. But Arnie is my old radio partner from a different radio life but a different radio station. And I was so upset yesterday about the Patriots. I'm bringing on Arnie today to lighten the mood and have a little bit of fun. Arnie, how are you, buddy? I'm going to lighten up the mood after what happened yesterday. You know I'm anti-Patriot. That was unbelievable. 34 to nothing. I don't, you know what? I didn't think it was going to be that much of a of a domination, but I, I didn't expect a good year for them this year anyway. I, I thought it was going to be about five, six wins uh, at the beginning of the year. That was my prediction. Well, I said, look, this is not rocket science. This is the case for most teams in the NFL. I said I thought they were between a seven and a ten win team, right? You get a yeah. couple breaks, you win ten games. Miss a couple breaks, you win seven. Certainly looks like it could be worse than that. But you've been waiting to dance on the Patriots' grave ever since I've known you. So I figure I'll just give you the floor for a minute to it, go and brag. It is. I mean, first of all, so much really is happening. If you read between the lines here, I mean, this is no surprise. They've They've not put any offensive weapons around him, but they never put any offensive weapons around Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was given that hometown discount for so many years. They used that money for defense in so many ways. Not to get into all that Super Bowl stuff and everything. Um, Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. Mac Jones isn't going to go ahead and do what Tom Brady did um, with a lesser team. Plus, Mac Jones doesn't have the defense. Plus, the Patriots are in a division where it is a lot better than it used to be, and they used to dominate. So all that spells disaster. Uh, it really shows that Bill Belichick's one of those guys that's like, uh, we do it the old way. Well, why do you do it the old way? Well, that's the way we've always done it. Let's do it, rah, rah. Um, he's not conforming with the times. People wanted to play with the Patriots. Now we see because of Tom Brady. Nobody wanted to play with the Patriots because they wanted to be with Bill Belichick. And thought it was a, you know, a, a great experience. Those days are over. You know, like playing for Bobby Knight. Those days are over. Uh, I don't know. If I'm Bill Belichick, I can't do another year of this. If I'm winning four games, five games, you could do it without me. Plus, I wouldn't think that the Patriots would want him back next year anyway, to be honest with you. Um, Robert Kraft is too old to be running this team. I'm pretty much sure his son's probably making a lot of the decisions anyway we probably just don't know about it and when you pass a team down from father to son and we've seen this before um in in the nfl you want to put your own stamp on it get your own coach get your own gm um maybe thank bill belichick for what he's did let him go on somewhere else and coach somewhere else i'm sure there's a lot of teams that would love him he's not going to you know hurt for work let him break the record of don shula's and good luck to him but that's the way this season's heading. A miserable year. Belichick will walk away. He will never be fired. It'll never be that way, but he'll be forced out. And the Patriots will move on. And they'll also pass the team down to the Sun. It, it really is the passing of the torch, but mm. if, in, in, if you're looking at it. Are you happy to see Belichick failing? Or are you sad to see the greatest coach of all time being relegated to what we're seeing right now? 
it's it's not so much I'm happy about Belichick failing. It's glad that Tom Brady is getting more of the credit uh, that he always should have deserved. Um, none of this. Well, who is it? Is it the chicken or the egg? Oh, now we know the answer to that. It, it's Tom Brady. It always was Tom Brady. Um, you know, I've always said coaching is overrated, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, um, MLB. You know, Phil Jackson, the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let him coach a crappy team. Let me see how he does. Um, let, me, let him take the worst high school basketball team and go up against the best and see if he's going to win. Of course not. You can only do as much. Uh, as your team there. So it was always Tom Brady, and now we're finally going to give Brady the, the credit that he's always deserved there. Patriots are one and four. At this point, are you rooting for wins because you like to see your team win and it's more fun to have your Sundays rewarded, or are you rooting for them to lose and get a top-five pick and go get a different quarterback? No, you got to get a different quarterback. I mean, when you have Caleb Williams there, and that's what's being dangled out there, Um what a steal that is. And I do have my reservations about it, but that's beside the point. What if he doesn't I, want to play for the Patriots? Um, I don't know if that was on his list of, what, five or six that was released <laughs> secretly. Uh, that's too damn bad. That's the way he said that he's never going to go back to USC for another year. So um, that's just not going to happen. Um, plus, who knows? Maybe they always say it could be a Lincoln-Riley uh, package deal and a fellow check's not going to be there next year. Uh, maybe you bring more, uh, bring those two in. You got uh, May over at North Carolina. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks. This is a quarterback draft. And now we found out, Brady, um, do you really want the quarterback from Alabama that had it so easy like Mac Jones? I mean, I could throw to Waddle and to all those guys. I mean, they dominated the, the SEC. Jalen Hurts looks pretty good. Yeah, well, it, it just goes to show you, though, when you come from – you know, where it's a little bit tougher and you don't have the receivers that can just say, hey, just throw it to me. I'm bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, then all of a sudden, it, it, it's, it's a whole different story in the NFL. You're right. Not all of them. I mean, look at C.J. Stroud. I think he's been remarkable so far on a crappy team with no offensive line in a school where we always question the quarterback anyway. But, you know, it, it's okay to go outside the box to look for a quarterback. And I mean, you see that with um, what's-his-face over in San Francisco, Brock Purdy. I mean, he comes from Iowa State. That's not even a real school, is it? <laughs> so, um, I mean, good for him. That's that's great to see, to be honest. My buddy Arnie Spanier with us here on the Brady Fark Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Arnie, my former co-host here in Vermont and also nationally heard at Fox Sports Radio, quarter of a billion listeners per yes. month, if you, uh, if, yes. <laughs> if, if you, if you didn't know that, uh, are your Dolphins going to win the Super Bowl or what? Yes, that's my prediction. I had the Dolphins and the Cowboys, though. If I could take a mulligan, I would take, uh, uh, certainly take it on the Cowboys. Very worried about my Dolphins, uh, HN, uh, the running back out for now, like I think about uh, two to four weeks uh, because of a knee injury. Could have been worse. It could have been for the year. Uh, so they'll have to go with Mostert. Uh, he'll be the running back. They're not going to be able to trade for anybody. They're a little bit deep there, but that's going to hurt their offensive production. There's no doubt about that. We'll see what he is like when he comes back. Uh, offensively, they're the best offensive team what since the greatest show on turf in, in what since 2000, but they might be one of the best ever. Uh, they got so much speed. It's incredible. Um, they're so deep in wide receiver now. So, again, it's going to be up to their defense. We'll see what happens when they get Jalen Ramsey back. That one was a, a real killer. People don't really realize that. Um, hopefully that sures up the defense a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a, you know, pieces game. Right now with a one-game lead over Buffalo, 
uh, and they should take him uh, Buffalo when they're down in Miami. That breaks the tiebreaker and gives them a two-game lead. So I think they'll take the AFC East. It will be that game in Germany against Kansas City that That's will right. dictate the uh, the number one seed in the AFC. Are you getting excited for UVM hoop season? We're only three weeks away or so from the first exhibition matchup. So you, you know, excited? You mentioned I was looking at the schedule. The games I wanted to go to the men's, the women's. That's a horrible schedule, is it not, or what? It's tough because, and we've talked a lot about this. Yeah. Like, and and John Becker told us this last year. He didn't say it this year. You got to actually got him coming on the show tomorrow, so I can ask him about this. But right. he said. Last year's schedule was too tough. It was too much travel for that team. They were in right. California. Then they were in the Bahamas. They were at, at, at uh, Mohican Sun. He's like, I want an easier schedule with more home. He's like, I want more home games. He asked, he's basically asked the school to pony up and pay teams to come here. Clearly they're not doing that. And that's how you end up with two division three teams coming in because the school won't pony up. Can we get one no. by game? Can't, can't do that. Um, if I was him, I'd pretend like I'm an Ivy League school, just make my way through the Ivy League. I know they have, what, three or four, two of them or three of them? Always Dartmouth, always uh, Yale. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do more of that. Uh, that that's totally and Brown, so yeah, three. Right, and then you're going to have to look at some of the big schools that are happy to come here, some of those tournaments, and see if you could piggyback and get some games in there. Otherwise, it's unacceptable to have a couple of D3 games in there. That, that doesn't do anybody good. I understand the St. Mike's game, you know, kind of the community thing. Totally okay with that. I know Plattsburgh, and that's not too bad, again, across the lake there. But you really got a schedule. Look at look at Arizona. Have you seen their schedule? I mean, there's like seven games. Like it was like seven teams inside the top ten in a lot of conference. So I'm not saying do that. But you, you do have to get the, the fans into the arena and get somebody good up here, you know? I am excited to come, you know, go to a couple games, uh, non-conference in December. I know when we get into December, there's some games that I'll be interested yeah. in seeing. I do like the, uh, the tournament in Charleston, which is a good mid-major tournament. That'll be fun around Thanksgiving. And the women's team has, yeah. you know, they have seven home games or so in the non-conference. So I'm excited to watch them play as well. You want to know what one of my biggest pet peeves is By all the way, of a sudden? Are the games on TV this year? Some of the games on TV or what? What was I reading about that? Always ESPN Plus, every game ESPN okay. Plus, and in the, uh, this year, no? Nah, oh, no. I don't know. WCAX was doing Lake Monster games. I don't think they're going to be doing, I don't think there's any local TV presence, but, uh, the, the men's tournament at Thanksgiving will be on on ESPN because it's a, uh, ESPN event. You know what one of my new pet peeves is? What's that? The other day, UVM men's hockey opened up the, uh, the, the exhibition season against McGill, that team from, from Canada. That's right. And everybody was saying on social media, this is the UVM men's home opener. No, it's not. That's just your way of lying to us and telling us that there's an extra home game when there's not. It's an exhibition game. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm sure the crowd wasn't big. Uh, I'm hoping for a good year this year, at least something better. Been disappointed the last year or so. New coach, um, tough sledding yeah. for, uh, you know, what happened there with Todd Woodcroft. Yeah, I think the new coach lives by me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I think he does. You're going to try to get your kids some retroactive <laughs> uh, eligibility I, by talking to I wish. To I wish. <laughs> what uh, else so, you been up to, by the way? You know, just, uh, you know, I was filling in a lot during the summer. So I was getting like three, four, five shows a week. Now that football started, it's, it's not as busy. I'm actually working Saturday and Sunday. Um this weekend, uh, 8P to 11P Pacific, 11 to 2 Eastern. But uh, I've been in a couple of basketball leagues, going to Orange Theory, and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to help my son with his uh, hockey thing. He's doing tryouts. 
And, uh, and that's really it, man. Not, you uh, hit any threes like in these hoop leagues? Did, I, did you do I, the senior Olympics? I did the senior Olympics. <laughs> we qualified. I didn't do the national one. I think my team finished third, but we're in the 60 and over category. I know that's hard to believe. I'm like Michael Jordan in that league. I can't be stopped. 60 <laughs> and over. I got to tell you, it's one of the most physical games I ever played with. And this guy kept on pushing me and shoving me. And I'm like, Hey, old man. I go, it won't, it won't do, it, it, it won't hurt me a lot to break your hip and put you down. And I know exactly how to do it. So, um. Well, you're a dirty player. So you, yeah, you live yeah. in that space. It's imagine what I could do to another 60 year old. So they don't want to mess with me. I'm like, uh, Moses Malone and Michael Jordan all wrapped in the one in that league. So, I was so playing. It, it's fun. I was playing the other day on the weekend at the gym and, uh, was in a young person's game, like between like 16 and 27. I was the oldest guy there and I hit a couple threes and one of the guys called me a cheat code. I was like, that's the best compliment I've had in a decade. What's that? A cheat code? Like I had all the answers. Like, oh, uh, I like, like I broke that. the system. I love it. Look at you playing with the young kids out there, man. Trying to keep up, keep in, keep in shape. I'm about to be 34. I can't believe it. Wow. Where the years have gone. Look at you. You're like doing two years. You're catching up to me. You knew me when I was 26. It's hard to believe. Wow, time has flown on by. There's no doubt about that. Well, you and I'm going to take you to a UVM hoop game this year. We'll go and we'll uh, we'll watch together. Absolutely. Maybe you'll be. I want to go. I do want to go to a women's game. There's, you know, they should get more support. I mean, they're a fun, very you know, good, fun little uh, community up here. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they'll have a good year this year. They lost their point guard for the year, though. That's a tough loss for them. Really tough loss out for the season. Well, I mean, gosh, they're still going to be very good. Yeah, what are they in the top twenty-five or anything like that? Oh, no, no, not going to be in the top twenty-five, but they should be. I, I would, and then they, the America East is better on the women's side than it is on the men's, so there's right, some good right. teams on the women's side. So it'll be a tough battle to win the conference again. But I like Lisa hey, Kresge and what she's way, done. Who turned out to be right a long, long time ago? UVM should have gotten out of this conference a long time ago, Brady. They're now they're stuck, but they need to get their arena figured out first. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, with everybody moving around, we should have gotten out while the getting was good. Um, there was a lot of conferences I think we could have squeezed into. Too late now, but I think, can you imagine some of these lesser conferences, but the, the schedule would have been so much better in coming up to Burlington and going down to wherever we had to go. So, like the Atlantic 10 or something. Would have been Stony Brook joined the CAA, and I don't even know if they can win a game down there. Now, is that, uh, they started last year, right? Uh, I think last year, yeah, the Colonial Athletic Conference or Colonial Athletic Association. Also, you know, that would have been nice also. We'll help their attendance though. We'll be good for them, you know. Well, and it was mainly a football decision, so decision. So, all right, Arnie, good to catch up with you as always. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. By the way, people still clamor for our old show to come back. So people will be happy that you're on today. Well, good, good. Tell everybody I say hi, man. It's been a long, it's a, seems like forever since we did that show you know it does seem like forever ago but it was good then and it uh it's good to have you on now so we'll catch up soon be good brady take care absolutely there goes my guy arnie spanier fox sports radio quarter of a billion listeners if you get that reference you've been with us for a long time you've been with me for a long time arnie is the man uh by the way stony brook six and twelve last year in the league and, and yeah i was on the uvm should move conferences bandwagon for a little bit, not like he was, not the Atlantic 10 or the Big East or anything like that. I could have seen him getting out of the America East, but uh, largely I've been in favor of staying in the America East, but trying to uh, increase the difficulty of the schedule. Arnie is the man. And, you know, I, I worked with Arnie for three and a half years or so, 2016 to 2020, almost four years. And 
I, I didn't, it's one of those things I didn't fully appreciate it while I was in it, but I really appreciate it now looking back. I've always liked Arnie. I've always gotten along with Arnie. I don't mean that like I didn't like him when we were doing the show, but I just learned so much from him without realizing that I was learning so much from him. Now, as I'm able now three, four years removed, I realize how much I learned. In the moment, I didn't realize I was learning it, but now now I do. And, Danny, you were an intern for us at our old station there, so you were a part of that show as well. Uh, Arnie, what a first foray for you into radio. Oh, fill up my water bottle, intern. Oh, that's right. Every intern. Fill up my water bottle. He did make you do that, didn't he? Every intern. I never made you fill up. Well, I might have made you fill Maybe up. Maybe once, but it was like the show's about to start. That's reasonable. No, this was at like an hour before the show starts. Fill <laughs> my water bottle. And that's how, and that's your first start of the business. Yep. Before he even introduced himself. <laughs> that is so classic Arnie, too. That is so classic Arnie. Text line. That's why we love him. 802-585-3026. Will over in Plattsburgh says, nice to hear from Arnie. Hope he's doing well. Sounds like he's doing well. He is a dirty player, though, when it comes to basketball. Very, very dirty. <laughs> Moses he's Malone, a... he's Bill Lambeer. Yeah, he is Bill Lambeer. That's a good point. Although he's got a jump shot. Bill Lambeer never had a jump shot. But Moses, uh, Arnie has a jump shot. Arnie told me he went five for five a couple games ago in the uh, in the men's league. Wow. Five for five from three. So he's got the ability. Got Are the they ability. wide open? Do they even defend Does him Does it matter? Five for five is five for five. I couldn't go five for five. Uh, if I was wide open every single, I couldn't do every. I no, absolutely. That's five for five. Is five for five. That was Arnie Spanier. The interview will be available shortly on our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and WDEVRadio.com. Where do the Patriots go from here? We'll try to pick up the pieces next on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV-AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. You know, earlier yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show, Danny, Adam Schefter was on, right? ESPN Senior Insider, obviously. Uh, He was on the Pat McAfee Show on ESPN, and he was talking about the Patriots heading into next Sunday's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me hear this. Let me hear the Shefty sound talking about the offense, the state of the team, et cetera. So you know that they're not going to stand pat, that they're going to be doing something. So the question is, what is that? And Bill has said that he's standing behind the quarterback for now. We've heard other head coaches say similar things before, only to go a different route during no. the week. No. So let, let's see where that goes. But <laughs> look, I, I think – it's fair to say uh, that when they play the Las Vegas Raiders this week, that the offense isn't going to look the same. What that means, we'll find out as the week evolves. Okay, 802-585-3026. Shefty says the offense is going to look different. My question is, is what's going to look different? This is not baseball, right? Like, you can't bring about 30 different new players, right? You can't go and bring up a bunch of prospects. You can't go cut everybody. There's not a limitless supply of players. Baseball has a lot of players available to you. Football doesn't have that. So you can't go and make mass roster changes. You So you can't change out all the personnel. They're saying they're going to stick with Max, so that doesn't appear to be the answer. Philosophically, I guess you could change, but do you have the personnel to fit whatever philosophical scheme you might want to change to? I don't know 
what the Patriots can do differently next Sunday other than other than simply play better. And I'm not trying to be a jerk and I'm not trying to be facetious. Like they have who they have. They run what they run. They just, it seems to me, have to be able to do it better. Right? Like, could we see it? Well, here's what I've always been, always been in favor of. I would like to see the Patriots come out at some point and do no huddle. And they've, we've seen a little bit of that this year. We have. But if you can't get going offensively, I would like to see the Patriots come out in no huddle. That seems to be something that they could do, right? You get going quickly. You get the, so the defense can't really shift. The defense is getting tired. The defense can't change out players. The defense can't substitute. I'm in favor of no huddle. That's one thing I would like to see. I also would like to see play action. Now, play action is contingent though on your ability to block, which the Patriots haven't had a chance to, haven't been able to do. So the things I want to do outside of no huddle, I don't know that they really have the ability to do. So I'm trying to think like what really changes? For this team, right? You want them to be a pass-first team? You want them to throw it 50 times again? Well, they don't have an offensive line that can do that. You want them to run it 50 times again? They have gotten down so big early, they haven't been able to do that either. If you're asking me the two things I want the Patriots to do this week, one of them is start fast. I would love to see the Patriots get up 14-0 in a game. I don't know that they're able to, but that's what I would love to see. I'm tired of being down 14-0. Can we try seven? Yeah, can we start with three? Can we get up three nothing? And then six nothing? And then thirteen nothing? Like, I would like to see the Patriots, you know, start a game quickly and score points. We are not seeing that at all. They're getting pummeled in the first quarter of games. They're down twenty-two to nothing to Cincinnati last year. They're down seventeen-seven. They're down thirteen nothing. They're down ten nothing. They're getting killed early in games. I'd like to see them start fast. And I'd also like to see them go no huddle. I think that could contribute to them going to starting faster. I like that's it, right? I don't want I don't need to see Zappy play. If you want to start Will Greer down the road again, I can have that conversation with you as this season goes on. I can give a total other guy I've never seen a chance. Maybe that is an opportunity later in the year. But beginning this Sunday, I mean, as for what I want to see, start fast, no huddle, and I'd love to see play action if you can block. If you can block, I'd love to see play action. I don't know that they have it in them though. But there's there's not there's only so many things that a team can do. There's only so many things that the Patriots can do. Their most explosive player has a head injury. That's true, right? And that's the other thing. Pop Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster are in concussion protocol right now. And I don't want to be wrong on this fact, but I believe that everybody who has been in concussion protocol, nobody has played the next week when it was a normal week, right? Like if you, like Jamal Adams for the Seahawks got a concussion on Monday, I believe, he, or last Monday, I believe he's going to play on Sunday against Cincy, but there was the bye week in between. So we're really talking about two weeks off for him. I believe that every player that's gone into concussion protocol, none of them have played the immediate next game if it was in a normal scheduled week. So I don't know that we'll see Pop Douglas or Juju Smith-Schuster. If you don't have them, you really are really hurting. And I mean, that, like, we're talking about a six-round draft pick, and Juju, who's got what, 13 catches for 86 yards this year or something, 14 catches for 86 yards. Like, these are guys that you're dependent on, apparently. So I, I don't know where you go. I think you're. I think the Patriots need to play better defensively. Really, really, when it starts down to Danny, I guess maybe I don't want to bury the lead. So I want to see the Patriots force turnovers. 
Because if they can force turnovers, that is the best way to help their offense, right? We're coming up with ideas. We're talking about personnel. The best way to help their offense is to, is to do something defensively. Can you block a punt and set up first and 10 at the 13? Can you get an interception and set up first and 10 at, at, at the opponents at the Raiders 40? Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw it yesterday. He will put the ball in harm's way. He will make mistakes. He had a pick yesterday. He had another ball that should have been picked when he was trying to hit Jacoby Myers on that flea flicker. Right? Like, he'll put the ball in harm's way. Can you capitalize on it? Can you do something with it? So much of what the Patriots did well last year was giving their offenses chances with their defense. So he has seven picks this year. Jimmy, he leads tied for the league lead in picks with seven. And he didn't even play last week. Right? Like, he had a concussion, didn't play last week. In that game, the rookie O'Connell or whoever started. And so Jimmy's still at the top of the leaderboard despite having missed a game. He will put the ball in harm's way. The Patriots need to find a way to capitalize on that. And so, yeah, offensively, start fast. Offensively, no huddle. Defensively, put yourself in better positions. Patriots off, Patriots defense is banged up. Can they create something? Josh Uche, where are you? Kyle Duggar, where are you? Can you be the playmakers that you've been? We'll see you on Sunday. It's the Pretty Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. A story from the afternoon news service is still permeating with me. I'm going to wrap up with that next on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show right here on DEV. So here's what the plan for the rest of the night. We've got Jazz with George Thomas on for about a half an hour from about 7 after the CBS News until 7.30. Then we've got playoff baseball. That's between the uh, Rangers and the Orioles. I hope the Orioles win and keep that series going. I don't want to see another sweep here in these playoffs. Right now the Astros lead the Twins 6-1 in the bottom of the eighth. When the game is over, maybe we'll have some time for Eye on the World with John Batchelor but not sure about it. So uh, the interview with Arnie Spanier we did earlier will be available shortly on the podcast channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and WDEVradio.com. Dan, we just have like two or three minutes left. I just want to wrap up with this, and i got a bunch of stuff I want to say for tomorrow. Um, we had a story in the afternoon news service about school buses in Vermont maybe being outfitted with Wi-Fi, and the gist was that, like, hey, there's a lot of towns that don't have good Internet service, so maybe kids can do – Homework or do, um, you know, maybe kids can do homework or maybe kids can, you know, get ahead on schoolwork or whatever. I gotta tell you, um, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think that, I think that the school buses should have Wi-Fi. I gotta tell you, that would have caused me to be even worse at doing my homework though, because I would be saving things for the morning knowing I could have Wi-Fi access. I don't know how you were, but I was always like, let me skate by on my homework as late as possible. There were frequent times where I'd be doing homework on the bus and trying to write things down, and you're hitting potholes and just scribbling all over the place, and there's you've got jagged pencil marks all over your paper. I was constantly doing schoolwork on the way to school as it was. If I had known I'd had Wi-Fi, I definitely would be doing that more. And when I wasn't doing my homework, I was sleeping on the school bus. I had about a 15 to 18 minute ride by the time you factor in the stops. I could fall asleep very quickly. So I would try to fall asleep the entire bus ride, uh, especially when daylight savings time happened. It was really, really dark at like six. My school bus in high school at least came at six in the morning. In middle school or in elementary school, it was earlier than that or later than that. And, uh, I would constantly sleep 
with my head against the window, and then you'd hit those same potholes and potholes, and your head would just be banging against the window. It was like the most uncomfortable sleep ever. But those are the only two ways I ever rode the school bus, at least going to school. I don't know how you did it, Danny. I wasn't able to sleep on the bus just because of what you're talking about. But I, I remember seeing kids leaning forward and sleeping. That didn't seem comfortable at all. I don't know how yeah. you fall asleep like that. Yeah, I can't really do that. I'm better at falling asleep leaning into something. But I can fall asleep. I once took a 24-hour – actually, twice. I took a 24-hour bus ride to Florida um, for baseball in college. I got to tell you, you've never experienced life until you've ridden a bus with 25 other dudes, college baseball. On a, it was on a luxury – not a luxury bus. It was on a coach bus, and we all had our own seat. But, like, you would see by, like, 3 in the morning, people were sleeping, like, laying in the aisles. So you had to be, like, a spider monkey to get to the bathroom because, like, this guy's laying vertically in the aisle. This guy's laying under his seat. Then you hit the – then you hit, like, you hit something, and you're on the ground, and you pop up, and your head hits the underside of the seat where the footrest is. Oh, it's horrible. And then we had the same bus all week, and the, the bathroom only gets, like – the waste only gets taken out, like, every time there's a new trip. So by the end of the week, if you're sitting in the back by the bathroom, whoo! It was over. There you go. Bus rides to Florida. i got more stories about that when we have more time. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Tomorrow's a busy day. Tom Karen, Red Sox Bruins insider at Nesson. It's Bruins opening night tomorrow. And John Becker, UVM men's basketball coach, he stops by with me as well. And uh, in the 6 o'clock hour, I'll get you ready for Catamount Hoops season just a couple of weeks away. See you tomorrow on DEV.